0: The National Rifle Association recently filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Now, what does that mean practically and what could it mean for the organization and the legal action it is facing from the state of New York going forward? To learn more, we reached out to Jonathan Lipson. He is the Harold E. Cohn Chair and Professor of Law at Temple University's Beasley School of Law. Give a listen. So the NRA filing for bankruptcy, kind of in broad strokes here. How big a deal is this?
1: Um, As a matter of optics and politics, it's probably a pretty big deal. Um, As a matter of, you know, sort of economics and finance, not so much, probably.
0: The NRA had been raising tons of money for years. We've heard a lot of stories the last several years of uh, reports of not handling the money very well. uh, You know, concerns of self-dealing, stuff like that. Do we know kind of what's led them to this point?
1: A pretty good idea, um, and that really goes to the optics issue. Um, Apparently, there have been concerns about misuse of funds within the NRA by NRA leadership, um, which led uh, the attorney general of the state of New York, Letitia James, to commence a proceeding under New York law, I think, to dissolve the NRA because it is a not-for-profit Corporation organized under New York law, she has that power, and that's not a power that's commonly exercised. But it's one that I think you know has would have dramatic um, implications for the NRA if she succeeded. The bankruptcy is designed, I think, to stop that, and you know it seems to me unlikely that it will succeed. But it's also unclear what effect, at least in the short term, it will have. You know, I don't know the ins and outs of the state of New York's case against the NRA um, or really its 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 management, um, but you know, it sounds like there's very little doubt that the bankruptcy case was commenced in Texas, chiefly to forestall or completely disable the litigation um, against the NRA in New York.
0: Yeah, to that point. Uh- I don't know if it's a part of this or in addition to this, but I think they're reincorporating in Texas. Kind of explain does this mean the office moves from New York to Texas? Is this just a paperwork thing? What what are we dealing with here?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Partly it involves the law of not for profits, which I'm not an expert in. Partly it involves bankruptcy law. And let me tell you what what I think the not for profit law is likely to say about this, and then we can talk about the bankruptcy piece of it. As a not for profit formed in under the law of New York, I believe it's not a simple matter of paperwork for the NRA to simply change its state of incorporation. Whatever state it's incorporated in is really totally disconnected from where it's located physically. So, for example, it sounds like a lot of their operations as a lobbying and political organization are actually based in and around Washington, D.C., not in New York, not in Texas. Um, and there's nothing exciting about that. Corporations are you know, formed in one state and do business all over the country, whether they are not-for-profit or for-profit. If you're an, a not-for-profit corporation, my understanding is that you have to get some permissions in order to change your state of incorporation that you might not have to get if you were just a regular old for-profit corporation. And so it's not even clear that the NRA could get the kind of permission to... You know, reincorporate, if you will, in Texas that it might want to obtain because it would have to get that from the same person, the you know attorney general of the state of New York, that's you know so upset with them right now. So it's not clear to me at all that they, you know, would even be able to reincorporate in in Texas. You know, if there was no bankruptcy, it seems to me probable that the bankruptcy strategy is to engage in some kind of sale of the assets of the NRA to a newly formed corporation in Texas using special bankruptcy powers that exist to sell assets, free and clear pre-bankruptcy claims against those assets, which I'm sure the NRA would argue include claims that the Attorney General of New York is trying to establish.
0: Is there a specific reason Texas... That's an interesting
1: question. I don't know enough about the not-for-profit law of Texas to know that there's anything special about that. I think that the, you know, what I've seen about this is that it's simply an environment that's likely to be friendlier to the political positions of, of management of the NRA. It's Certainly friendlier, for example, than New York or, or maybe even Northern Virginia, um, which is where they, I guess, you know, otherwise would be located. But I I don't frankly know if there are other things about Texas that might make it more attractive. You know, the interesting thing is that they didn't have to go into bankruptcy in Texas in order to reincorporate in Texas, right? They could, you know, go into bankruptcy in New York and still reincorporate in Texas. They could just reincorporate in Texas without bankruptcy at all. There's no necessary connection between those two things, Um, unless you think, as I think most people do, they're really trying to use the bankruptcy to get around the regulation of not-for-profits by the state of New York in order to be able to make this move to
0: Texas. You you mentioned this earlier, but I want to dig down deeper on this. The idea that to get around what the attorney general is doing, you don't think that this will circumvent it. Do you still think that their case will continue?
1: Yeah. So that's the $64 question right now is whether or to what extent the bankruptcy is going to be able to proceed at all. They've only been in bankruptcy for a little over a week. And what I think is most likely to happen very soon is that the attorney general of New York is going to seek to dismiss the bankruptcy entirely perhaps less likely to move the venue of the bankruptcy case to New York. Then you just describes it's just a fancy bankruptcy word for which court actually has the case. There are 94 you know, federal districts in the United States and everyone has a bankruptcy court. So the more plausible venue for an NRA bankruptcy actually would have been either in New York or in uh, maybe the Northern District of Virginia, which is where I guess they have operations. But not in Texas. Having said that, changing venue doesn't really solve the problem that New York currently has, and that is simply that they're, the, the NRA appears to be using the bankruptcy to escape responsibility. You know that they might otherwise have under New York's um, law of not-for-profits. The state attorney general is probably going to argue that the bankruptcy case was filed in bad faith, and a bad faith filing is usually grounds or is often grounds for dismissing the bankruptcy case entirely. And if it's dismissed on grounds of bad faith, then the NRA has just wasted a lot of time and money um, and generated a lot of negative publicity because they'll just end up exactly where they were, which is fighting in state court in New York with the you know attorney general over you know, what should happen to this not-for-profit.
0: while, like, Chapter 11, and you mentioned it's not unusual, we see it a lot, but given all these factors you've kind of laid out, this would seem to indicate the NRA is pretty far down the depth chart of options, of ways to stay at the level they've wanted to stay at, or am I reading too much into it?
1: Yeah, so that's, I don't know what level they wanted to stay at, um, and I, you know, frankly, don't feel like I have enough insight into the inner workings of the NRA to speculate about what their true motives are. Um, but one of the key reasons that you know, there is likely to be a claim of bad faith is that it does not appear that the NRA was in serious financial trouble. I think there's a, there's a common misconception in the United States that you go into bankruptcy if and only if you're in financial trouble. And in fact, that's usually the case, but it's not legally required. So companies can go into bankruptcy, Chapter Eleven reorganization, as, as the NRA has done, even if they're technically solvent, if they have a good faith reason for believing that they'll need the special kind of relief from the special kind of powers that bankruptcy courts have. And so, you know, for example, you know, the Purdue Pharma bankruptcy is is a very notorious case in New York right now. You know, there's a pretty good argument that they were not insolvent when they went into bankruptcy, even though everybody knew that they were getting sued, you know, in thousands of lawsuits for, you know, opioid-related liability. Nobody really thought that filing was in bad faith, though, because everybody knew that if they lost those suits, they'd have liability to, like, lots and lots and lots and lots of people, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. It does not appear to be the case that the NRA is being sued in any similar way by anybody other than... Letitia James. And so, one of the key things that bankruptcy courts look for isn't so much solvency, but how many people are litigating with you and what the sort of realistic financial implications of that litigation would be. And so, in the classic cases, um, you know, if, if a company goes into bankruptcy and says, like, look, we're just doing this because we've got one fight with one guy and we want to get out of that fight, and bankruptcy is going to get us out of that fight. Bankruptcy judges look at that and they say, mm, "I don't think so. This is not the right place for you to be. You need to be back in that other court and having that other fight." Bankruptcy solves what you know we, you know, fancy academically to call a problem of collective action, when you have lots of creditors chasing after the same debtor, and you know there's a pretty good chance the debtor doesn't have enough to pay everybody off in full, and so that's the problem that bankruptcy is designed to solve doesn't sound like that's the problem that the NRA has, right? The NRA has a problem with the attorney general of New York. And, you know, we don't know enough about their finances to know whether they're in financial distress or not. The news report suggests that they're actually not, notwithstanding whatever, you know, kind of inner use of funds, you know, was, you know, inappropriate or appropriate or what have you, you know, as alleged by the the New York attorney general.
0: Let's assume for a moment that the bankruptcy is, dismissed would you expect is there another card the NRA could play to try to get protection of a similar like is this something we could see we see in a lot of court cases things are dragged out for years because appeals and stuff like that is there a similar thing here if this chapter 11 is dismissed is there another steps B and C you would expect to see
1: yeah that's a that's a great question also had they not Gone into bankruptcy and attracted all of this attention. There are other steps B and C that they might have taken. I just think that they've taken them out of sequence, and so they may not be able to take them. And the classic thing that you would do if you were the NRA is try to shield assets in some way, um, and maybe you would you know transfer those assets offshore to a jurisdiction that the attorney general of New York can't reach right and obviously that can create other issues for a not for profit but you know at the end of the day if she can't reach the assets she can't reach the assets obviously they want to be able to do business in the united states they want to lobby here in the united states so they need to maintain some presence here but you know they might well be able to you know use the leverage obtained from those sort of classic asset protection maneuvers to negotiate some quiet settlement with the new york attorney general And it appears, you know, maybe they tried to do that and they couldn't, I don't know. Um, But, you know, bankruptcy is a very noisy way of trying to lever a settlement with the Attorney General of New York. And the problem for the NRA is that, you know, if I'm Letitia James, like, now I can't settle, right, because they've now kind of ratcheted things up. And so, you know, even if I was inclined to settle, which, you know, Attorneys General Often are. I mean, they're just like normal people and litigants. They don't want to fight if they absolutely, unless they absolutely have to. It's going to be harder for the NRA, I think, to settle with New York now than it would have been had they tried to work something out in a variety of ways before bankruptcy. Maybe they tried. We, you know, we wouldn't know because it's not public. Maybe they tried and it just wasn't possible. Maybe they tried these other maneuvers and they weren't possible. But if the case is dismissed, it seems to me they're going to be, you know. In, intensely, intensely scrutinized, not only by the New York Attorney General, but I would expect that, for example, you know, those who regulate lobbyists, you know, in the federal government, you know, might be paying special attention to, to them too. And I don't know exactly what sorts of, you know, constraints exist for an organization like the NRA you know, in terms of its its work as a lobbying organization, whatever they do, but they're, they they exist, right? And, and so I don't know who is advising them um, to go into bankruptcy, but I'm not sure that that was the best advice.
0: So given all this, and you talk about the lobbying and regulated from the federal standpoint, when we talk about optics, how much does this, do you think affects the NRA's ability to To lobby just from an optic, just from a power standpoint and get their agenda furthered as they see it.
1: Yeah, I think it will matter um, optically. I think you have, you know, at least if the news reports are to be believed, you have, you know, folks who've given money to the NRA believing that they were going to, you know, advance their you know views about the Second Amendment and 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 you know right the right to bear arms and so on and so forth, when in fact, you know, if we believe the allegations. The you know senior management was using those donations that money to you know enrich themselves and, and buy luxury goods and do all sorts of things that I think you know, would have been very very you know upsetting to to some of those donors and all of that is going to be under scrutiny in bankruptcy right One of the things that happens in bankruptcy is that the debtor has to reveal its assets and its liabilities. We sometimes say that chapter eleven is like a fishbowl we put the debtor in the fishbowl and now it, It's, you know, everybody can see it and it's magnified and so on and so forth. And so, you know, we don't know, you know, whether the allegations against management are true. Um, But I think if management of the NRA thinks that those allegations are magically going to go away or magically be kind of resolved by virtue of bankruptcy, they're probably wrong. And I think, you know, if anything, they've drawn more attention to themselves by doing this than I think I would want if I were representing them, I think they want to you know, resolve this with the New York authorities as quietly as possible so that they can retain whatever moral authority they have. Having you know, made this move, I think they probably will draw that authority into question.
0: So it seems like behind door number one, you've got serious legal action. Behind door number two, you've got everybody looking at what has been alleged to be a lot of shady dealing. If you're looking at this from the NRA, What is the best case scenario here? Given the facts we know, given the, what, what's been put in motion here, what is the best case scenario you could see for the NRA?
1: So it really depends, I think, on who's in control and what they want to achieve. If they really want to make a change and, and for example, they can credibly say that the allegations against management are simply false, right? Because, for example, you know the spending that was alleged to occur didn't occur or the bad guys are now gone right or going they're going to be out the door then bankruptcy may not be a bad place for them to work out a settlement with the attorney general you know of New York and so you could salvage this if you have a change in management essentially and I don't know enough about the management to know kind of whether they're you know in fact bad guys or good guys but if you have you know s- still running the NRA the folks who are accused of having ripped the nra off, it's going to be hard for them to work out a deal with the attorney general. But if there has been some sort of change and they can make a good faith showing that they've tried to make that change, then even though they're not necessarily insolvent and even though bankruptcy may not be such a great place for them, it's also true that bankruptcy is an environment where, you know, deals are made all the time. I think that especially in chapter 11, like the whole process is designed to get folks to negotiate towards a deal. And so you know, if I were, I guess, if I were the NRA, I'd be thinking about how, how can I use this opportunity, use the attention that's been drawn to me to, you know, kind of tell the story, you know, if in fact you can tell the story truthfully and credibly, that, you know, there's been a change in the bad things that we were accused of having done either didn't actually happen quite the way, you know, they were said to have happened or the, the bad folks are now gone and we as an organization should be, should be permitted to continue you know, the good work that we otherwise, you know, have been doing and, you know, reorganize because that's essentially what chapter 11 is intended to do, help businesses that in good faith are trying to reorganize um, to do so. So that's that's I, the only possible way out, I think, for them that isn't either door number one, you know, serious litigation or door number two, you know, sort of a, a very unpleasant experience in bankruptcy.
0: Could this, how long could this... Even if – how long could this drag out? Just the uh, – is this something that could go into months and, and even years, or is this something that there is a relatively uh, stable timeline on uh, that a bankruptcy court would put on it?
1: I think bankruptcy generally – chapter 11 cases don't take terribly, terribly long. Um, you know, a really kind of complicated case like Purdue Pharma, um, you know, the Boy Scouts case I and mean, sort of notorious cases – um Weinstein, these you know really notorious cases, you know, have dragged on for you know year, year two and a half, a year, year and a half, two years. But if if there's a motion to dismiss the bankruptcy on grounds that it was filed in bad faith, that'll come pretty soon, and that'll probably be granted pretty soon, and it'll be over pretty soon. Um, and pretty soon means you know a matter of weeks, maybe a month. You know that motion is not made, or the judge denies it. Which you know is certainly possible. Again, you know, it depends on the sort of NRA's response. If 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 the case is permitted to go forward, you know, I would expect them to propose a plan of reorganization sometime in you know the next hundred and twenty days or so, the next you know you know four to six months, and you know then creditors will vote on it, and all that can happen pretty quickly. So you know they could easily be in and out of bankruptcy within a year assuming that they can get folks to agree on what they're trying to do. But you can't succeed in chapter 11 without getting your creditors to agree. And as far as I can tell, the only serious creditor that they have is the New York attorney general. And even then I'm not sure kind of what their claim is, because I think what they're trying to do is, is is sort of force them to do something, not get paid money from them.
0: And we talked about the optics and affecting their lobbying. I think the NRA the effectiveness of getting their agenda has been based on strength and that politicians I put scared in you know quotations but that because they were worried of what they could do as far as their members and you know voting them out of office but that seems like that's the type of thing what going through all this it would seem that a lot of the curtains pulled back and Maybe they don't have the, even if they come out of this okay, it's just not quite the same. And uh, a lot of the, uh, I don't know, allure is not the word, but what made them so powerful is something you really can't quite get back. It's never quite the same. Am I oversimplifying? No,
1: it's, it, 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 I don't think you're oversimplifying because you know, we don't really know a great deal about the reputational effect of having gone through bankruptcy. Congress enacted the current law in 1978, and in 1978, you know, there was a lot of a stigma associated with going into bankruptcy. But in the you know past 42 years, right, reorganizing under Chapter 11 of the bankruptcy code has become, you know, a pretty standard thing, right? I mean, Donald Trump went through, you know, his casinos went through Chapter 11 four times, right? And, you know, as he said, like, it's not personal, it's just business. and And that's true. He's right about that. And it obviously didn't affect his you know, capacity to obtain a great deal of support, you know, in a volatile political environment. You know, I don't know if the NRA is sort of thinking, well, but if, you know, if, if, you know, President Trump can do this, then we probably can too. You know, having said that, you know, I think that the, you know, his casinos had a far more legitimate reason for being in chapter 11 than it would appear the NRA has for being in bankruptcy currently. And so, you know, If their case is dismissed for bad faith or it's challenged on bad faith grounds and they really can't persuade the world that they're you know, behaving in a legitimate and honorable way, I think the larger you know, underlying problem will probably you know, continue to, to dog them. And it sounds like that underlying problem is that they've lost moral authority with their, their members and their followers because it sounds like they've been you know, engaging in self-dealing and misconduct. That you know most people would find problematic regardless of their of their politics or views on, 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 on the garbage.
0: That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.